Good morning and welcome to Echoes of Calvary. This is your host, Greg Sweeting. Thank you for opening your home to us this morning. I invite you to now open your hearts and worship with us as we share from the Word of God. Stay with us as we share comments and illustrations with a spiritual application, present special music to call us to worship, and in a few minutes, Pastor Alan Lee will come to share insights from Scripture and explain how to apply God's Word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. I read recently about the book that was voted Book of the Year 2011 by the Family Christian Stores in the United States. This outfit is a very large retailer of Christian materials. They have stores all over America. Surprisingly, the book that they chose to name the Book of the Year was not a recent publication. It was actually published in 2008, I think. The author is a pastor from California. I went to his website and looked up the book by name. There he was, the pastor I mean, sitting on a large rock on the seaside in California somewhere, explaining why he chose to write this particular book. He was fascinating, and his reasons were captivating. They were not only profound truths and high ideals or lofty principles demanding serious sacrifices. Indeed, they were simple, everyday reasons he gave, reasons most of us have considered about God and the claims of Christ. He explained, and I quote, It's crazy if you think about it. The God of the universe, the creator of nitrogen and pine needles, galaxies and E minor, loves us with a radical, unconditional, sacrificing love. And what is our typical response? Well, we go to church, sing songs, and try not to cuss. Whether you verbalize it yet or not, we all know something's wrong with that. End of quote. When you think about it, I believe that's true for many of us. But is it enough? Does a serious interaction between us and that God of the universe not require a more meaningful relationship? Here's how it is said in the blurb for the book, and I quote, Does something deep inside your heart long to break free from the status quo? Are you hungry for an authentic faith that addresses the problems of our world with tangible, even radical, solutions? God is calling you to a passionate love relationship with himself because the answer to religious complacency isn't working harder at a list of do's and don'ts. It's falling in love with God. And once you encounter his love, as Francis describes it, you'll never be the same. Well, that grabbed me in the heart. I asked myself, can I say that my encounter with God's love changed me so that I can say that I will never be the same again? How about you? It's true for all of us. Tough to really face up to, honestly and objectively, isn't it? Think about it as we go to our first song call to worship, this Creator God, the one whom we ought to love with all of our heart, souls, and might.
I haven't even told you the name of the book yet, have I? So impactful was this encounter with the materials of the book of the year that I immediately sent for a number of them so that it would be available here in the Bahamas for Bahamians to receive the same impact by being in touch with the book themselves. The author is a man by the name of Francis Chan. He has had a number of thought-provoking books published previously. This latest one is perhaps is most critically important for all Christians to the kind of life that God desires of us. As I've mentioned already, Family Christian Stores has named his book Book of the Year 2011. The name of the book is unusual, but conveys the thrust of Mr. Chan's message forcibly when you think about it. The name is Crazy Love. The thinking is, if God could love us with such an amazing love, such as to send his son to die for us, an outpouring of this incredible, crazy love, he says, then we in return ought to respond with no less than our own unadulterated, magnificent and crazy love for him after all he has done for us. Listen to this review by a reader of the book of the year. Francis Chan puts all into his book. He does not hold back on how he truly feels about the church and Christianity. I also learned a lot. Some of the stuff blew my mind, but the only thing about his writing is that he that I had to reread some of the stuff again. Trying to absorb things that never came to mind before can be a bit too hard to grasp. So I had to read it again so I could understand it. Remember, you are your own teacher, and I don't want to underestimate what he's telling us in this book. Unquote. This reader's conclusion sums it up admirably. Listen, because when you're wildly in love with someone, it changes everything. It changes everything. These words have haunted me since I first read them. I believe that God has purposely placed these words in my heart to bring me an important message. I wonder perhaps if he's used this broadcast to do the same for you.
And now with his message for today, here's our pastor, Alan Lee. Good morning and greetings once again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today we continue with our focus on prophecy in light of the year 2012 and the supposed prophetic implications it has for so many people, including Christians, due to the now infamous Mayan calendar predictions, which claim that the end of the world would take place on December the 31st, 2012. We don't believe this, of course, but it has caused an interest in prophecy nonetheless, and so we are focusing on it because of that. But before we begin our message today, please join me in a prayer. Father, once more we avail ourselves to the glorious privilege of coming into your presence for the purpose of communication with you, for prayer, for praise, and worship. And truly, you are more than worthy of worship by such as we are. You are holy. We are sinful. You are infinite. We are finite. You are high and lifted up, majestic in your person and nature. We are lowly, profane, and people of unclean lips and life. But yet, because of the sacrifice of your Son and his blood shed for us, we can come with confidence into your presence with the assurance that you will not only receive us in him, but also receive our worship and respond to our prayer in keeping with your will for us. Thank you for being such a good, gracious, loving, and compassionate Father. Our Father, even as the eyes and minds of many are focused on the year 2012 and what it may hold in store for them, grant, we pray, that even today will be a time of repentance and restoration for us as a people. We pray these things and give you thanks for their answers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, last time, we stopped our study at verse 7 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 dealing with the appearance of the coming world dictator that Paul calls the man of lawlessness or the man of sin. Paul is making the point that the tribulation or the day of the Lord cannot occur until this evil person is revealed for who he really is, the one we call the Antichrist. This will take place when, after pretending to be a man of peace for three and a half years before the world, and especially to the Jews and the Arabs, he will enter into the newly rebuilt temple in Jerusalem to declare that he is God and the man to be worshipped. This will be what Daniel calls the setting up of the abomination of desolation. Paul insists that that had not happened yet in his day, the time he was writing this epistle. Therefore, he says, the day of the Lord had not begun. He then goes on to reveal other characteristics of the man of lawlessness, including his final destruction at the hands of Christ himself. Here is what Paul says in verse 8 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And then that lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. Now this verse looks ahead to the very end of the Great Tribulation and refers to one of the most talked about events in the Word of God and that is the actual second coming of Jesus Christ. My friends, more is revealed about this event than about the Rapture. 
This is an event that will be witnessed by the entire world. It will bring to an end to what we refer as the last days, and it will usher into existence the glorious and long-awaited reign of righteousness by Christ that we call the Millennium Kingdom. By the way, for those who tend to look at Jesus and see him only as a loving, compassionate, and forgiving Savior, which he is, of course, and we thank God for that, but Paul shows that we need to see him also in his role as the mighty warrior, riding on a white charger with the sword of his word, executing judgment against Christ's rejectors without mercy, pardon, or delay. That's exactly what will occur at his second coming. This is a magnificent, glorious, pivotal event in the history of the world, but it is also an, is also an awesome and terrible event as well. May God help us to place faith in Christ to enable us to escape this terrible time should the rapture occur today. Now verses 9 through 12 of our chapter reveal to us the amazing truth that the man of lawlessness will be given miraculous power by Satan and will use them to perform all kinds of deceptive activities, activities which God will himself allow to deceive those who did not believe the truth so that they might be judged for rejecting Christ when they had previous opportunities to believe and be saved. Please hear the word of God in verses 9 and 10. The one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. End of quote. My friends, these verses clearly teach that those who had the opportunity to receive Christ prior to the appearance of the Antichrist but refused to do so will be deceived by his miraculous deeds because of the very fact that they did not believe and be saved when they had the opportunity to do so before he came on the scene. This tells me then that no matter how many videos, movies, or books are left behind for those who are left behind after the rapture, none of these will be able to convince anyone who heard the gospel before this time to reject the Antichrist and place faith in Christ instead. The only ones who will have that opportunity will be those who have never heard the opportunity, who have never had the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ, either before or after the rapture. That is why I say again, and as lovingly as I can, but also as urgently as I possibly can, you need to become rapture ready right now by receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior. Later today may be too late. This moment is the only sure and certain time that you have to say yes to Jesus Christ. Won't you do so right now where you are? Simply acknowledge that you are a sinner like we all are, that Christ died in your place, and that God the Father raised him from the dead to validate the adequacy and sufficiency of his death for you. Then rely upon him, trust him and his sacrifice as the sole basis for your salvation. My friends, you do that with sincerity. That will make you rapture ready, rapture compliant as they say in the computer world. 
My friend, this is a seriously urgent matter, much more so than any supposed calamities of 2012. Paul emphasizes this fact by saying that it will not really be Satan who will be doing the actual deluding, but rather God himself. God will be using both Satan and the Antichrist to accomplish his divine purpose. Listen carefully to the word of God, verses 11 and 12. And for this reason, now what reason was that? Listen carefully. Because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. For this reason, Paul says, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they might believe what is false. Notice, because they did not believe the truth when they had the opportunity to do so, they will believe a lie when they know that to do so will separate them from God forever. That's their judgment for rejecting Christ when they had the opportunity to do so before the rapture. My friends, why will God do this? Listen carefully again to what the apostle says in verse 12. In order that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth, but took pleasure in wickedness. My friends, I say again, God's law is set and cannot be changed when it comes to judgment. Those who deliberately, willingly, and knowingly reject the truth when they had the opportunity to hear and believe it, they must be judged by God. This is an unalterable divine law. And this is what Paul is talking about here. Also, by divine revelation, the apostle says, if one had the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as Savior, but refused to do so right up to the time of the rapture, he or she would automatically face the judgment and wrath of God during the tribulation that follows the rapture. God himself will see that this is in fact accomplished by causing them to believe in the Antichrist rather than Christ himself. This is an amazing revelation. My friends, I say again, this is a divinely determined purpose and plan of a just and loving God. These verses make that fact clear. However, just the opposite is true of those who do believe in Jesus Christ right now before the rapture. Unlike those deluded to judgment, Paul gives thanksgiving for those whom God has chosen for salvation and who will gain the glory of Jesus Christ. Listen to his words in verse 13, and I quote, But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through, through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. And it was for this he called you through our gospel, that you may gain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, whereas those who reject Christ and are left behind after the rapture are destined to eternal judgment, those who do accept him before the rapture are destined to share his glory. Check the scriptures, my friend, to see whether these things be true or not. Your destiny could be hanging in the balance. Many are teaching otherwise, of course, and they're giving a false hope that one could wait until after the rapture to accept Christ as Savior and still be saved. My friends, take the words of Jesus seriously. Take the words of his apostles seriously. They tell us to beware of being led away in these days in which we are living and admonishes us to be alert to false or erroneous teaching. Paul closes this section 
by admonishing the believers along these very lines. He tells us to hold fast to the word of God as was taught by him. Listen, this is what it says in verse 15. So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. Now this has been the main focus of this short series of messages on the significance of 2012 and the supposed prophetic fervor generated by the supposed end of the world in 2012. It's meant to encourage you to stand firm in the teaching of the word of God itself relative, relative to the events of the last days rather than being frightened and led astray by fanciful speculation based on human wisdom and a desire for sensationalism, hype, and a personal profit. Jesus warned of such things happening in these days in which we live. Let us be wise and heed these warnings, my friends. But above all else, let us be sure that we are rapture-ready, rapture-compliant, ready for the coming of Jesus Christ for his people. Father, bless your word to our hearts and lives, we pray. Cause all under the sound of my voice today not to be frightened or led astray by false teachers and teachings in these days, but rather grant that they hold fast to the truth of your word and so be ready when Christ comes to rapture his church to be with him forever. May we all be rapture ready. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As always, this is Pastor Lee saying, Selah, think and act on these things. You have been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee, address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And so we come to an end of this broadcast. I invite you to think about the message this morning. Consider the one who is our Savior and Lord. Grow to be complete in Him. And remember, as echoes from Calvary stir in your heart, keep listening for that shout, Maranatha, the Lord is coming soon. Therefore evermore to stay. Great command is promised, he will surely come again. I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the saints and our toiling will be over.
Jesus Christ could come again.